0: Hey guys, welcome back to the Starring Milana podcast where we try to build understanding in this crazy world one conversation at a time. The podcast is released every Monday, hashtag Milana Monday, and consists of three different segments. The first one is called Talkworthy, where we pick a few things going on in the media and try to offer a new or different perspective. The second one is called BTS, where I recap my past week, any exciting encounters, new finds. And the last segment is called TV Recap, where I recap all the TV that I watch, everything, anything from documentaries, docuseries, movies, uh, scripted series, reality TV, everything, absolutely everything. Um, Yeah, so if you're listening to your podcast app, make sure to subscribe, leave a rating and a review. It really, really counts, guys. And if you are watching on youtube yes there's a visual to this visit youtube.com forward slash starring milana make sure to subscribe um give this video a thumbs up leave a comment all of the good stuff um also follow me at starring milana podcast on instagram it's a new instagram account that i created so i can upload all of my podcast clips and do all of my promo there and not on my personal page that's at starring milana podcast my personal page is at starring milana In this week's episode, we are talking about the war in Armenia, a strange law in Iowa, a deranged PE teacher, and much, much more. By the way, guys, before we start, I just want to say, if you hear my dogs barking, I'm sorry, like there's nothing I can do. They're in the other room and anytime, you know, uh, the chime for the alarm system goes off and it does often because... You know, we have uh, some alarms and cameras set up. So, I'm, like, if anyone walks by, goes off and all that good stuff. So, anytime that one goes off, they go crazy. So, excuse me um, and excuse my little dogs, okay? Hopefully, you won't hear them because I'm directly, like on the mic and they're in a different room but who knows popcorn is really really loud so yeah let's get straight into um, talkworthy the past couple of years there's been a lot of um, conversations about the war in uh, Artsakh Karabakh region in Armenia which is technically or was technically a disputed um, region but For us and many Armenians, it is definitely an Armenian region because uh, the people that live there are Armenian. Um, It was historically a part of Armenia, but there was a war and Azerbaijan basically... um, breached a ceasefire that they had for years and they went and took over a lot of the territory in that region um and thousands of people lost their lives now the monsters have invaded armenia again we are not talking about disputed territory we're talking about the country of armenia they are breaching peace treaties and ceasefires and they are attacking the armenian nation although the european parliament um The U.S., France, two of the three co-chairs of the OSCE Minsk Minsk group urged Azerbaijan to pull out. They haven't. By the way, Russia is the third co-chair. As a matter of fact, they've been pretty mute about Azerbaijan's invasion into Armenia, probably because they're doing the same thing in Ukraine, I suppose. I think Armenia has historically been on the side of Russia, you know, one of its biggest allies. um, And Russia at this point should be protecting little Armenia who has little, you know, to none resources to fight this fight with a country like Azerbaijan who is backed by Turkey. It's really shocking to me. I mean, it's not that shocking to me because I know the history between Russia and Armenia, but it is unfortunately surprising that they at this point have not stepped in or done anything except for send peace groups to um, kind of stop the Azerbaijan and Armenia war, but now they're doing it again and they've yet to say anything. Azerbaijan has the backing of Turkey, which is another superpower. Turkey is a country who, you know, sends weapons and money to Azerbaijan to, in fact, fund this war. And Turkey is a country that would be delighted to see the Armenian population annihilated these are you know these are the people that still till this day deny a genocide that happened in 1915 where 1.5 million Armenians died under the Ottoman Empire till this day they do not take responsibility of that genocide unfortunately and they are the country that is backing Azerbaijan in this war this isn't your average war when you hear the term Azeri aggression know that it's real my parents who are both full Armenian were born and grew up in Baku Azerbaijan and uh, they escaped what at the time in the late 1980s was called the Baku programs where the Azuri population um, attacked, unwarranted, attacked the Armenian population. They did some horrific things. They were stabbing pregnant women in the stomachs, they were throwing people off balconies. I mean this Azeri aggression that we speak of today is real because my parents in fact saw it when they were running for their lives leaving Baku. Right now we are hearing that they are raping female soldiers, they're beheading male soldiers, they are the aggressors, they are the fucking monsters and they need to be stopped. Nancy Pelosi led a congressional delegation to Armenia this past week. According to the CNBC in a press conference Pelosi strongly condemned illegal and deadly attacks by Azerbaijan and added that the violence threatens prospects for such for a much needed peace agreement. She said the US is watching the situation closely and continues to support a negotiated settlement. Not sure what this means. Maybe the US is mad at Russia for its invasion into Ukraine and um they see that Russia is not saying anything about this war, so maybe they're stepping in, you know, for Armenia, I don't know what's going on. Regardless, it is a big deal. Um, She is the highest ranking U.S. official that has visited the country since its independence in, you know, 91. So these are steps forward. For sure, they're pissing off Turkey and Azerbaijan and whatever their plan is, that's great. But still, you know, demanding a peace, a a ceasefire and a a peaceful situation as they are is not going to do anything because these people, they don't care. They want that land essentially the consequences of this war and what can happen is that Azerbaijan wants the land and they want to take over because Turkey is on the left side and Azerbaijan is on the right side and Armenia smack down in the middle between these two Muslim nations. It is a Christian nation in the middle of these two Muslim nations and it's in fact in their way and if they get rid of Arme- the Armenian people and Armenia, then they can have a direct line to Turkey, which is you know, what many believe a pan-Turkism society or movement as one may call it i'm sad i'm devastated the thought of armenia one day not existing is very very real it has happened to other countries it's happened to you know a lot of people that i know that they live in this country they don't have really a home to go back to when i say home i mean their home country where they were born it is terrifying to me to think that maybe one day i won't be able to take my kids back to armenia show them where i was born where my grandparents lived um it really is there's just like a pit in my stomach, and I I don't know really how we can move forward except for just spread awareness, sign the petitions, send money only to where the money is going to be allocated properly, and get those fuckers out of our country. Um, and I don't know if that's gonna help. I think the only thing really, really is going to help is if somebody steps in, someone steps in, and when I say steps in, I mean troops. I mean someone that you know, uh, like a, like a country like the U.S. where. Azerbaijan and Turkey don't want any beef and they just exit out. I don't know how long it will last for but something's got to give because we are very close to possibly one day not existing. This is a very scary time for the Armenian people who not only live in Armenia but across the world because they maybe one day won't have the country to go back to but also have a lot of family members like myself that still live in Armenia and really are vulnerable to what's going on. Follow me on social media uh, to keep up with ways that we can spread awareness and help at Starring Milana. Next thing I want to talk about is um, the story that I think a lot of people saw on social media because um, it was about a GoFundMe account that was set to raise uh, money for a teen who killed her sex trafficker because she had to pay back restitution to his family. Piper Lewis was a 15-year-old girl in Des Moines, Iowa when she was kicked out of her house and she decided to go live in a stairwell in an apartment building in like a very dangerous area. There were men there who preyed on her, who sexually assaulted her, who raped her, who drugged her and sold her off and sex trafficked her, and she snapped one day, and she murdered them. That was um in June of twenty twenty, and for the past two years, she's been sitting in juvie, and she was awaiting trial. She had to um they were charging her as an adult, so she had to plead guilty for the stabbing. Now, the judge granted her probation, um, and also deferred judgment, and what that means is if she does everything she's supposed to do on parole and she does her community service without any problems stays out of trouble then there is a possibility that that charge that felony charge could be permanently removed from her record which is a really big deal we know in this country if you have a felony it's really hard sometimes to get um, an apartment sometimes to get uh, a job maybe continue to pursue your education so that's a really big deal deferred judgment is a really big deal so it looks like the judge showed some empathy however she was still required to pay $150,000 restitution, but it was not by the judge. So apparently Iowa has this law, which is really strange to me, that if you murder someone, you are required to pay their family $150,000. It doesn't matter what the reason was, how, when, where, why, it doesn't matter. So basically you're telling me that even in self-defense cases, when somebody breaks into your house and you kill them because they broke into your house, you're still technically required to pay their family $150,000. That's kind of bizarre to me. Now, what I do want to say is, first of all, this law needs to be updated because it's ridiculous. I can't believe that there isn't, like, a discretion for the judge to be able to use when and if it, this should be applied. I feel like that needs to be amended. The second thing I want to say is, what kind of sick people, not... I'm This sex trafficker guy, this man that was stabbed, like, sick but what kind of like sick family members would take $150,000 from a teenager who was only protecting herself against a monster? I could not in good conscience take money if I had a family member who did that to someone else and unfortunately like they were you know killed for it and but I could not take that money with good conscience knowing that you know, she was defending herself in this situation. So it is shocking to me that she was not only, not only ordered to pay it, but there's people on the receiving end who are willing to take it without any problems. Like $150,000 is great. It's a lot of money. Sounds nice. Anyone would love to have it, but not in this circumstance. You know, so I wouldn't take it. And I think it's weird that people out there would. Let's move on to the last topic. A substitute teacher is arrested because she allegedly paid a group of students to jump another student. What the fuck? This happened in North Cato Elementary in Louisiana, where she was a PE substitute There's footage that shows a group of students beating up this kid and the substitute teacher just sitting on the bleachers and not doing anything. The footage also shows her talking to the group of five prior to their attack on the student and then afterwards congratulating three of them. It is alleged that she paid the students $5 each to beat up this kid, which is like $25 total, which I'm assuming she made that hour for her job, which is like this is what you spent your hours worth of money doing I don't know what the kid did to deserve that I'm sure no child deserves that I don't know what is going on in her deranged mind and she's definitely a hundred percent to blame for this but I want to talk about something else I want to add another layer because although it is unclear what type of manipulative language she used, she could have said, hey, I'll give you $5 if you um, beat up this kid and if you don't do it, you're going to get a bad grade or I'll send you to the principal's office or whatever. We don't know what kind of language she used, what she told these kids. We don't know. However, if you're one of these children, and I know it's elementary school and I know they're young, you have to know right or wrong. And if you don't, why aren't we learning it at this age? Say she, you know, offered the $5, they felt pressured, they did it. Or maybe they uh, felt like peer pressured by the, the entire group, like we're all doing it, you have to do it. Or if you don't do it, I can't, you're such a loser, you didn't do it. Whatever the case is, there is that aspect of it. But at the same time, we need to know right or wrong. We have to teach our kids to be better. I would have never been in this situation because I knew better. I don't know how I knew better, but I just did. In elementary school, there was a girl who had like a peeing problem. She peed on herself M P E as a matter of fact. Everyone was pointing, laughing at her. I gave her my jacket and I took her to, to wrap around her waist and I took her to the bathroom. Like I've, and that's one of many situations where I saw someone being bullied and I, helped them out i stood up for them my sister was also the same way i don't necessarily remember if it was taught to us like my parents are just you know good people um they never say thing bad things about others but i don't remember if that part ever was taught to us like hey you should stand up for others or blah blah, blah. I, I don't know maybe it's inherent but we have to teach our kids to be better we have to teach them what's right or wrong like you would have never caught me in a situation like this accepting five dollars to go beat someone up even watch it. Like when there were fights happening, I never stood and watched a fight. I always walked away. I was never around fights. I couldn't do it. I didn't understand the appeal. Like someone's getting beat up or two people are beating each other up and everyone's standing around screaming and chanting. Like, well, this is bizarre. I I will never understand these things. And I just knew, like I just knew better. And if we don't have that same confidence in our kids that they might just know better. We need to teach them better. Every day we need to instill the right characteristics in them. You know, had these children known better, they would have never accepted these five, this $5 just to beat someone up. It's so sad, you know, and I, again, I don't blame the kids, kids are kids, you know, but obviously it's, it's the teacher to blame. But if one person in that group said no, we're not gonna do this and went and complained to the principal or to someone, then that kid would, never would have gotten beaten up. So I just don't understand why no one in that case stood up for that child. Okay guys, that's it for Talkworthy. Let's get into BTS. I had a really like busy week with work. I was in Montecito setting up for a um, an event, a wedding and I was there for a couple of days this week and it's such a cute little town. It's like this quaint... Small town um with a beach, very walkable. I can understand why everyone has a home there. Scooter Braun, Ellen, Oprah, Megan Harry, Jennifer Aniston. If I had that kind of money, I would definitely buy a house there. It is an incredible um town. I've stayed in Santa Barbara, which is basically Montecito, but I've never stayed in Montecito directly. Now, I do want to say one thing. So, you know, when I'm staying there, I have to stay in a hotel. Unfortunately, all the hotels were booked and I was kind of stuck staying in this one hotel that claims to be a four-star hotel. This was not a four-star property. Now, I'm, you know, is it because is it I'm bougie or because I'm just getting older that I just can't? I can't. There's something about staying at a hotel that is not up to my standards to the point where I feel like I'm comfortable if like the sheets are a little itchy or the towels are a little bit like off you know the fabric is off or the toiletries are not you know up to my standard I'm just not comfortable you know and I don't I was like is it because I'm bougie like am I really that bougie but I really think that I'm just getting older because as you get older you find certain things more important than others for me, like, you know, we spend good money and a lot of money on good quality sheets because to me that's important. I'll spend that over something else, right? Um, So for me to be in a hotel where I'm not, like, comfortable laying down and also doesn't have, like, the best, like, amenities, I'm just sitting there thinking to myself, like, am I just so, like, am I just so bougie? But no, I really am just getting older like I like to be comfortable and if that means spending a little more money to be somewhere you know that's nicer then I will do that because like this is supposed to be your home away from home you're there for a few days you're supposed to go to work come back and be comfortable and for me I just was not comfortable and I just realized that like as I'm getting older I require a lot more which I'm sure a lot of us do but yeah that that trip really um confirmed that Also, the 75 hard that I talked about last week, we're going on week three this Wednesday. Um, It's been good. I started, I think it was about a week ago, doing the keto diet with my boyfriend. I know it's not like sustainable long term, but um, it's really helping with the 75 hard. Like it's very clear what I can and can't eat. It's easy. I don't have to like think too much about it. I know, um... You know that it's protein and fat and no carbs and no sugar. And although it's been hard, like there's been times where I'm like my body's like craving it. Now I feel like I'm in a, I've reached a good place. I'm doing the pee sticks. I check and I'm in ketosis, which means now my body is burning its own fat um, versus like burning the carbs that or the sugar that I'm consuming. So I've reached that point, and the weight loss has really kicked in. I've lost four to five pounds already, which I'm like so shocked about because quarantine 15 i've been waiting for how long you know so um i'm really uh, excited to see how long i can take this how far i can go definitely obviously i want to go through you know, through the entire 75 hard process but um yeah i want to see if i can just clean out my system lose the weight I want to lose, be happy um, in my own body, and then slowly incorporate a very low-carb diet back into my life. Um, But definitely need to first drop this weight that I wasn't happy about. So yeah, here we are, 75 part going well. Sitsy, I purchased a few interesting things this week. Um, Now, I love my Hydro Flask. I have been using Hydro Flask for years. But, you know, there's like this Stanley... Uh, craze going around and people are really loving their Stanley cups. I keep seeing a lot of things about it. And I saw my cousin with hers. I was just like, God, I've been seeing a lot. Like, do I get the Stanley? And honestly... I got kind of tired of my Hydro Flask because I have like the really big one and I don't like, ugh, I can't grab it like the right way because my hands are so little. So I wanted something that I can also put in my cup holder like that kind of, I want the 30 ounce obviously because I drink a lot of water, but one that kind of shapes down, um, gets smaller at the bottom so you can fit in your cup holder and the Stanley definitely does and it keeps my water so cold and it has a straw which I've been wanting to use too. So I'm really happy with it so far. I also splurged recently 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 I have been obsessed with gloves and I keep looking at these like sheer tool Gucci gloves and I'm like oh I want them I want them I'm like no this is stupid like I'm not gonna spend this much money on gloves and then then my friend texted me and invited me to her birthday and the theme is bougie and all black so um I just had to buy these gloves because they are bougie and they go with the theme and I want them and here we are so I bought the gloves and then I was like hmm Let me see, what shoes do I wanna wear with this outfit? And I've been looking at these Medusa Versace heels for a minute now, and I was like, ugh, like, they're really expensive, but at the same time, like, they're super cute, but, like, I don't, see, I don't mind spending a lot of money on shoes and bags, but if it's, like, a trendy thing where I know that it's, like, in style and then it's going to go away. I don't like to spend a lot of money on it because I'm barely going to wear it. Like I wrote, I don't, I rotate my shoes a lot. I don't wear the same shoes. Um, so I was like, oh, $1,600, even more with tax is definitely not worth these shoes. Cause I'm not going to wear them that much. But then a client gave me a very nice gift from Saks. But unfortunately. my sister already has the same purse and I was like well I don't need this because I can choose my sister's if I want it let me return it and I can get something else so I returned it and then I paid a little more money and then I got the Versace heels and I am so happy that I did they're so cute but they're definitely like a trendy thing because they're not going to be in style forever and I can't wear them all the time so I got my uh all black and bougie outfit I guess I am bougie maybe the Maybe the title of this episode is bougie. But um, I will show you guys next week in my reels when I put the whole outfit together for her birthday. So look out for that. Really cute. And um, I think that's about it for BTS. Let's get into TV recap. So, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I don't think that Erica is getting it. I think that she is like mad at Kyle for trying to actually protect her and say to her, hey, you can't say these things because if you say these things, I can't like defend you. And she's mad at everyone because she thinks that everyone thinks she's guilty. And when, you know, her her case gets dismissed in Chicago, she's like, see, my case is dismissed. But that's not the point. The whole point why everyone's kind of on you is that you are so careless with your words and with what the message you're spreading um these people there are definitely victims and she's not saying that there aren't victims she's just kind of saying like i can't comment because i'm uh in a court battle but acknowledging that there are people who have passed and having empathy for them and knowing that they do need money like their family members need money or there's burn victims there's a lot of people that um the girardi keys law firm Did wrong okay and obviously it's not erica's fault. I never thought that she knew or had anything to do with it I never thought that I think that she is, you know, bearing the burden of her Husband, I don't think that she had anything to do with this I don't think she did anything wrong and if she did not behave like this on the show then I would have you know, I would really have her back. It's really hard to have her back right now because she's screaming, I don't care about the victims. If they don't, no one cares about me. She's wearing the earrings that they're asking her to give back because they were purchased through the law firm. And they're saying, Hey, these $750,000 earrings can, you know, give a lot of the money back for those uh, victims. And she's just wearing them on the show. Like it's nobody's business. And it's kind of like, disgusting like her behavior is just so inappropriate even though again I don't think she did anything wrong when it comes to the case the way she's behaving now is just like it's gross like it's hard to watch and this is me saying this she was my favorite housewife across all franchises so I'm struggling a little bit with this too watching her like this um the other thing I want to talk about is how Kathy Hilton is being treated I think that some of the women are a little jealous of the fanfare she received last year. Um, And they just are being kind of mean to her. First of all, like I think Kyle picks on her a little bit. She's her sister. I get it, but it's a little much. Um, But Lisa Rinna, I'm over her shit. Like for her to be at a bar and see Kathy Hilton's tequila on the shelf and Kathy Hilton's there and she's asking you guys to try it. And then seeing kendall jenner's 818 tequila and instead of trying kathy's and like asking for kathy's like hey like you guys there's cameras here you're on a tv show you should order kathy's tequila she's asking you to basically promote her tequila instead of doing that you go to the bartender you say i would i think i want to try my friend kendall jenner's tequila the 818 tequila i haven't tried it yet if that's your friend why haven't you tried her tequila if that's your friend did she ship you one? You should have tried it. Why didn't you try her tequila? That's not your friend. Okay. And even if she was, so is Kathy Hilton, who's standing right next to you, who asked you multiple times to promote her tequila. Like, you know, you're on the show, you know what it does when you promote someone's product. Like she's just jealous of the praise that Kathy received from the public. So I don't know what's going to happen next week. It looks like dramatic. I don't know what happened. I don't know what was said. But um, I'm just not feeling Lisa's, you know, involvement in all of this. Now, Southern Charm. I love Craig. You guys know I love Craig. He is one of my favorite people on that show. But I cannot back up his behavior when he's around Naomi. I actually think that it's getting a little mean. Like, of course, Naomi was a little cringy when she's pulling him aside at Patricia's party and uh you know pages there like that's inappropriate behavior that was not okay I get that but now we cleared it up we're all out um you know on vacation and you're getting drunk and you're saying these things to her you're kind of like uh it's almost coming off as, as if like he's bitter about something like whether it's she's hooking up with Whitney or whatever it is I doesn't come across as someone who just like doesn't want to be around their ex it comes off across as someone who's like a little bothered um for whatever reason like maybe like you know he still has feelings or I don't know what it comes off of and I don't think he does I actually think him and Paige are very happy together and I hope that they are I adore them but I think that the way he's behaving it comes off a little like jealous and a little uh I don't know it's a little weird so I can't really defend his behavior in this situation um but yeah I I love the show can't wait to see what happens next. And now I want to talk about The Bachelor. So part one of this um, finale, we're watching uh Rachel fuck with us. And what I mean by that is she clearly, from day one, clearly, I saw it very clearly, has wanted to be with Tino. To me, it was very obvious. Maybe not to some of you, but to me, it was very obvious. And for some reason, she is leading Avon and Zach on like we didn't watch the show. Here's the thing. I understand that she's supposed to lead people on. It's a part of the show. She is the bachelorette. She's supposed to get people to the end. Like, I get it. I know that. But why is she making these men feel so bad about themselves? First of all, Zach, she is clearly trying to break up with him and instead of her being like the bad guy she's trying to make it seem like somehow it's his fault like his age or something weird then the aven of it all this poor guy is like telling her he loves her but he's not ready to propose which is I understand like we're it's like a month or so in I get that but he's saying he wants to be with her outside of this and she's just sitting here and like grilling him but that's not what you said to me but that's not what you said to me and the way she's saying it to him is so off-putting like she she's telling him not to scream at her which he didn't the way she's talking to him and and the way that she's blaming him is a little crazy for someone who doesn't even want to be with this person like you know you want to be with tino so why are you doing this to aben just say hey i want to i want an engagement you don't so maybe this isn't right for us and end it there not force him push him. Basically she's trying to get him to the down to the aisle so he can like propose and she can say like no or something. It's very confusing. Um I don't understand why she's doing that. To me, she's leading him on beyond what's required of a bachelorette on a show and I think it's kinda gross and then blaming him for it. So I'm not really like loving how she's acting right now. Um I yeah, that's where I'm at. And we'll see what happens with Gabby and Eric. I think they're gonna end up together um they're great for each other and I think that even if he doesn't propose I think she is more understanding and will be like okay you know what like maybe outside of this we will be together and we'll be engaged so we'll see um I know this is coming out Monday and that show comes out Tuesday so I'll be recapping the finale the following week so a little bit late but you guys will still get to see it um I want to talk about Big Brother really quickly. I think that it was a big mistake for Turner to not uh, eliminate Taylor. I'm glad he didn't because I'm actually rooting for Taylor. But I think it was probably a bad idea because Alyssa, he could beat, um, you know, the jury will vote for him. He can beat in the final two. Brittany, he can in the final 2 and Monty he can beat in the final 2. I think that the only person as of this week because she got another HOH that he might not be able to beat is Taylor because she has a great story. You know, she was an underdog who nobody liked. She's been on the block five times and she still somehow made it to final 2. I think that Taylor is the only person that he cannot beat and I think I think that goes for all of them. So I feel like Uh, He made a mistake by eliminating Alyssa. I don't think he has a great chance against Taylor. But yeah, she's made it to the top four. I think Britney's kind of losing it. She might be the next to go. I hope that Turner's the next to go so that Taylor has, you know, an easier way to get to final two. But um, yeah, we'll see what happens. And then I started uh, Tell Me Lies. I, I, uh, I'm, it's a great show. It's really interesting. Clearly the secret that Macy was, trying to tell lucy that day was that she was she's hooked up with steven before um i am excited to keep watching the show it's episode it's week by week so it's like a little annoying but it is interesting and i mean it's really like shows the epitome of fuckboys boys all up in the show it's great i love it i'm watch i've also caught up all the way with industry that show gives me the most anxiety these are a group of people that you hate but love like you hate the decisions they make they all suck they all always make bad decisions but at the end of the day you have your favorites and you're just constantly rooting for them um and yeah i'm loving the show if you guys are looking for a new show i really recommend industry i think it's a great show i'm also going to catch up on house of dragon and get back to you guys um that's all with my tv recap and with the show thank you guys so much for listening make sure to subscribe leave a rating a review give this video a thumbs up Uh, follow me at starring milana podcast on instagram and at my regular account at starring milana and i'll be back next week